Hi everyone, my name's Rhonda and I'm your host. And this week in episode 101, we are going to talk about ethics in shamanism and spirituality in general. Ethical considerations. This topic can make me quite unpopular with some people. Um, Some people don't really know or understand some of the topics I'm going to talk about and can start to feel really guilty about not knowing and maybe overstepping some boundaries. If this is you, I'm going to start off right now by saying, don't worry about it if this is something that you've done and you've not realised that it's perhaps not ethical. Um, When we know better, we do better. So no, um, no worries to anybody who is going to listen to this and think, oh, dear, I've been doing this without um, without permission, been working without permission. So I really do think that this message is one of the most important things we can learn when we have access to spiritual gifts. I did a post in the group the other week about this and, and it did get a lot of, a lot of attention. Um, people telling their stories about some of the things that they had encountered. You know, having spiritual gifts of any form is is a really big responsibility. Um, I mean, it's my belief that everybody has gifts of some kind, and when some of us have them particularly strongly for whatever reason, and and sometimes they're they're quieter or or more difficult to tap into. So you know, there are different techniques that we need to apply to to different people. For example, you know, if you have very strong, loud. Um, gifts where you're able to feel feel people's energy immediately or know what they're thinking or feeling or stuff like that, that can be quite hard to deal with just for yourself energetically. So we're going to tap and talk about that. Um, but basically, this week we're talking about the fact that it's not okay to receive or and or give spiritual messages to other people without permission. It's not okay to feel each other's feel other people's pain physically. That's how I often used to get my messages was feeling people's pain without permission. That's not okay. And it's especially not okay to tell them without permission. It's not okay to try and heal others without their consent, even if you're sure it's the right thing to do. So it's not okay to send healing, send love, send light when you've not been asked to do that. Basically, it's not okay to use your gifts or to send anything to anyone else without consent, without permission. Ever, actually, under any circumstances. There aren't many... um, There are a few things that I'm very firm about, and this is one of them. It's dark, and it can be dangerous for both you and the person that you're interacting with. There are so many stories um, that I have of clients who've come to me who have been really badly affected by either someone trying to send them something or by them trying to, to do this work without permission. And I've got a couple of those stories, which I'll tell later, just for your information. You know, I talk about this a lot. And there's always somebody who comes back with, oh, but what about this situation or what about that situation? And they kind of spend a bit of time trying to convince themselves that what they do is okay 
you know, you might think that it's the most important thing in the world to pass on a particular message or to let someone know that you think that they need this type of healing or this type of medicine or whatever. But it's still not okay. And, you know, you might be angry with me for talking about this or saying what I'm saying, but that's okay. It doesn't make it any less true. So one of the questions that somebody asked me was, what about my non-verbal child? You know, if I'm sending healing to her, what what does that mean? You know, I can't get consent because she's, she's non-verbal. And my response to that was, well, A, she's a child, so if I'm working with children, I'll work with... Um, with children with their parents' permission up to a certain age and that age changes depending on the child. So when I feel like a child can make their own choice, then I'll ask the child. But in this case, with a daughter who's non-verbal and who can't give permission, then the parents decide, you know, that's that, that's the, where the ethical line there is. And you can also um, journey with the spirit of this child, that's what I said to the lady, Um and ask for permission that way if it's something that really concerns you. I have a practitioner, shamanic practitioner friend who works exclusively with children and adults with profound and multiple disabilities and um, she has no problems with her um, ethical boundaries. So permission sought, consent sought in non-ordinary reality is just as powerful as um, for someone who's non-verbal and who can't give permission through in this reality um, you know you have to be fairly confident in your spiritual work and fairly confident in your ability to receive clean clear messages that aren't um, coloured by your own need for it to be a yes so you know I would also say to the parents of children or non-verbal children that you know it might be better for you to ask a practitioner to do that work for you because they're completely unattached to the outcome but I'm just in this podcast because I've been writing about this and talking about it in the community group and on TikTok. I've got quite a few comments from people asking things or wanting things clarified and that was one of them. So hopefully that's helpful if anybody's thinking about that. You know, it's really hard to interpret our own messages. So the information that we're given from spirit, from omen walking, from journey work, it's really hard to interpret. If you go through the group and read a lot of the posts, you'll see that that's one of the things that people struggle with a lot is, is you know, interpreting messages for themselves. So we struggle enough to get that to get that right and accurate, never mind trying to interpret for someone else when they haven't even asked for it. Yeah, that's it's so hard. And what is true, and I'm going to shout this, metaphorically shout this for the people in the back who maybe aren't quite listening more often than not 95% of the time 99% of the time the messages that you receive that appear to be for others are actually messages for you our guides and spirit very rarely talk to us in the language that we may speak to each other in it's metaphorical it's slippery it's difficult to get hold of so if someone appears in a journey to you whether that's someone who, someone that you know and something's happening to that person, my first port of call is always to ask myself, what does, what does this mean for me? What does this person represent for me? How can I take something from this for myself? Yeah. 
So that's the first port of call when, whenever you receive what you think is a message for someone else. It's to think about it in terms of yourself. If you're in the habit of um, getting messages for others, whether on purpose or accidentally, without permission, then what what I often see that as what, and work with people to overcome is that it is actually a very easy numbing technique. It's a way to avoid your own deep work. It's another aspect of the saviour archetype. So if you know much about the drama triangle work that we do, there's a whole series on that, 70, 71 and 72. Those episodes are all on drama triangle, so you can check that out. But it's another aspect of being a saviour. It's thinking, rushing in to save people without permission in spiritual healing, feeling really righteous, feeling like you're making a difference in the world and that you're um, doing good when actually you're hiding from your own work and you're disempowering the people that you're trying to help. And the whole thing gets very entangled and messy. And and I do think that something to consider is that concentrating on others without consent... This is all without consent, remember. This is doing spiritual work without consent. But concentrating on others without consent, without permission, is a sure sign that you have work to do. You have inner work to do. And I know this to be true because I've seen so many people come to me that need help with this. And I was like that. I was the biggest saviour going. And I had spiritual gifts that were very loud. Um, I could feel people's pain. I can I could know what they were thinking a lot of the time, or how they were emotional doing emotionally, and could see <clears throat> quite clearly, as far as I was concerned, what I thought they should be doing with them, with their life and what would be helpful for them. And I wasn't shy in coming forward about it because I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, and one day it struck me that I don't think anybody ever listened to anything I said. And that was the other thing that was a real wake-up call. So I'm like, well, even if I'm right, which often I was, and often I wasn't, even if um, I'm right, they're not listening to me anyway and that they think that I'm an insufferable know-it-all and, and it, you know, really affected a lot of my relationships. And it was just a way for me to avoid doing my own work, which was, which I knew somewhere in my heart was going to be long and hard and dirty and gross and hard and difficult and just... In, in some ways, soul-destroying at points, if I'm honest. It was so hard. Um, so that was the way that I avoided doing that work. And, you know, those, those of us who have spiritual gifts that and we want to use them to support and help other people, so that doesn't necessarily apply to everybody, but I believe that a person who, who wants to hold a healing space must go through a period of time when the when all you do is think of yourself all you do is think of your own healing and your own growth i really think that in order to be an effective healer for others you must have absolutely focused laser laser sharp pinpoint focus on your own journey and on yourself and that can be a really long process it can be not just it's not just a few weeks or months it's it can be years and mine was years my my training three three years of absolute focus on my own path and now even though I, I run the center for shamanism and I 
do workshops and one-to-ones and healing circles and the membership and the apprenticeship and I'm doing all this work with people my main focus is always myself my main focus is what what am I working on right now you know I have a therapist that I see every single week I have a supervisor a a clinical supervisor who supports me with um, if I need support with my client work so it's, it's a deeply ethical space to hold is to continue to this is the life this the place of the lifelong student isn't it we're all always all learning and this idea of the shamanic or the spiritual ego and we see a lot of this don't we we see lots of people who um want to be seen as powerful and magic and whatever else and actually they do more harm than good and i've seen and heard a lot of stories of people who have been almost irrevocably damaged by um, would-be shamans or would-be gurus or would-be spiritual leaders who simply have not done their own work and for me I have compassion for those people who have not done their own work but desperately want to be in that space because in the end it never works well for anybody so a few things that have come up um, when I've kind of posted this in some of the groups or or on TikTok that I wanted to talk talk about. These are more kind of day-to-day things that we can think about. So somebody said, well, you know, what about when I feel people's pain? It's by accident. I don't do it on purpose. I just feel it when I walk into a room. Um, it's and. You know, I'd sort of said, well, this is some spiritual boundaries. You know, we need to set an intention that um, we we don't have that problem. And she got quite triggered by this as we're on TikTok. She got a bit triggered by that and got quite angry with me. Um, and her response was something along the lines of, it's really hard for me. It's really debilitating. It's really draining what about me? What about what this does to me? Never mind the people that I'm that you're saying that I'm doing this to. What about me? And I thought, oh, that's a really interesting perspective on this. Is to remember that some people genuinely don't know how to hold an ethical boundary with their spiritual gifts. So, if this is you, I recommend going back to the Empaths podcast. Um, you may not consider it as being an empath, but it, the the information on that podcast. And the and the activities and stuff at the end are all highly relevant to this. So if you're one who um, gets information about other people by accident and you don't know how to deal with that and you don't know how to stop it and you'd like to stop it, then the Empath podcast is the one to go to. It's in the 50s somewhere. Um, and again, I'll reiterate, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh no... You know, I've not been acting ethically. What did I do? I feel really bad. Or, you know, just learn and know and change. And that's enough. You know, we can't change what we don't know. So remember that. And then someone asked, quite a lot of people asked about prayer. Can you request support for someone? Or can you, you know, can you send love through prayer? Can you pray for people? at night or whatever and somebody said you know 
oh, well, I pray for people and it's up to them if they receive it or not. Well, so two things about those types of comments. Prayer is universal across spiritual practices. It's just has, it just has different names. And prayer is sending. It's, it's, it's an act of sending things to other people often. In this context, anyway, when we're talking about people who are saying, well, what about prayer? What about praying for somebody? And I, and I would I'm happy to be disagreed with, of course, always, but I would say that that is an, a, an ethical boundary that, is, that has been crossed under the guise of simply sending love or asking for the best good for someone or something like that. Um, and this idea of it being up to them if they receive it or not is just a cop-out, frankly. Um, it's not up to a person to constantly protect themselves and just in case somebody decides to pray for them. You know, that that's not how that works. It needs to be the person who's, do you know, kind of praying. So just don't pray for people without permission. And ask yourself why you need to do that. Usually it's because it makes you feel good. But there are lots of other ways to to work with love in this world without sending things to people that they've not asked for. The other um, kind of theme that came up quite a lot in the comments, especially on TikTok, was around mediumship. I have a rather clear relationship with mediumship. Some of you will know that and some of you won't. I'm not a huge fan personally, but, you know, let's just talk about a couple of, couple of the themes that, that came up. So someone said, well, there's a difference between receiving messages and sharing that message with someone else. So this person was saying that they receive messages from, you know, souls who've departed this realm and they only give that with permission. And I, and, and I would say none of us, n- nobody should be receiving messages about anybody without permission and that that's a spiritual boundary that we that, that we need to work with. Another story was um, that a lady was telling me she was stuck between a, this is her words, a pushy disincarnate and a son who didn't want to know. And in my opinion, why is that, why is there, you know, if this is something that you do as a, as a job, you know, why do you have a pushy disincarnate or a soul coming to you with information like they won't they can't do that if you have a boundary they can't do that if you set the intention that they that that you're only receiving information about people that you have permission to do so so briefly i wanted to mention that because lots of people mentioned it in the comments on tiktok so it's spiritual boundaries no messages about other people without their permission it's really simple it's a really simple concept so another um, question that somebody had was, well, what happens when I'm trying to heal or clear bonds or cords between me and my mum? And also, what about sending white love and protection? So I thought, okay, that's a really interesting question. Just as an aside, um, Mirren's crying in the background. I don't know if you can the mic's picking that up, but I'm on a roll, so I'm just <laughs> just going to keep going with the with the recording. Um, so when you're trying to work with healing yourself or clearing bonds or cords, then that's absolutely fine to do. But the, the point to remember is that you're not healing the mother or your mother in this case. You're not sending anything to the mother. You're not doing anything other than clearing a bond or a 
record so anybody who knows about cord cutting there's a podcast I think on how to cord cut so you can go and listen to that um, I don't remember the, the number off the top of my head but it's you know there's you can scroll down it'll be in the the name of the podcast but the idea there is that when you're healing something between you and someone else you're really healing yourself you're looking to see how what you've been left with is a trauma in your body are there things that you need to change are there perceptions that need to shift do you need to stop taking things personally do you need to start putting up different boundaries do you need to start learning how to communicate more effectively and the only things that we can do there is for ourselves. um um in certain circumstances obviously the invitation to the other person is there um, but when we are working with healing between you and someone else it's really only yourself you can't you can't work with the other person but surprisingly what I do see is that when people genuinely commit to doing their own work for themselves without any expectation of the other person and without any attachment to outcome magic really does happen it's it's, it's quite magical um and again with the sending the white love and protection it's just it's just not not done and i know that lots of people will think that um lots of people get very frustrated and annoyed with me when i say this and they're like but it's love and it's protection and i'm like yeah but they don't they might not want your love or they might not want your protection so why are you why do you feel the need to send it when they don't know it's like it's just it's just kind of rude. Um, so you're hiding your saviour tendencies under the guise of protect, wanting to do good and want to protect someone and save someone and send white love or whatever. Um, but just do your own work. That's where the real magic lies. The real magic lies in concentrating on yourself, concentrating on your own work. Um, if you have permission and you've asked for it, go ahead if you want to send white love or protection you can say look I really want to send this to you are you willing to accept it and they say yes then fine it's just a really simple question especially if you're not you're not like a practitioner or anything like that if you're just like you want to you know you're thinking about someone or they're having a hard time or um you know you're like can I send you some good energy or some good vibes just ask them you know I'm not saying don't do it I'm saying don't do it without permission don't you know don't step into that saviour space with uh, healing energy which is what a lot of people tend to do so it's not okay to receive and give spiritual messages to others without permission it's not okay to feel pain and tell other people about that it's not okay to try and heal others without their consent it's not okay to use your gifts for others without their knowledge ever under any circumstances and this is all around consent and permission if you have consent and you have permission, there are other ethical considerations to um, definitely that you need to kind of think about. Um, but really, today's podcast is about that. It's about consent and permission. So, if you've been doing some of this stuff, um, then then it's super easy to make that change. Um, if you want to, you can speak to your guides and do a bit of journey work around asking if there's a ceremony that you can do for, to let go of the past way of working and to step into a new way of working, you know, a wee transition ceremony or something, you can do that. Um, but really, 
as Maya Angelou said, which I think is a beautiful quote, and I can only remember the shortened version of it, but it's when you know better, you do better. Okay, so just I'm I'm reiterating that because this is not about making people feel bad or guilty. This is about um, information that lots of people miss and lots of people don't realise is so important for your own um, energy levels, for your own soul, for just for it's just like so important um, for on a spiritual path to work within ethical guidelines and to work within especially consent and permission. All right, so I am going to let you go and get a pen and paper as usual and we'll have some activities and journeys in part two. Right, welcome back to part two and we're going to do some activities and journeys now as usual. So two different options this week. So if you're not sure that you agree with this message, you're not sure that you're quite connected with it, you're not sure if you resonate with it, or you don't really get why I'm so worked up about it. You know, why Why is this such a big deal? You know, I'm I'm doing good. I'm, I'm doing good things for people. Then I suggest that you try this journey. So the journey is this. So you go with your guides, journey with your guides, and ask to be shown what happens to your energy and the energy of others when you act without consent. So this is these are all in the show notes at centerforshamanism.com forward slash 101 if you don't want to write these down. So you're going to journey with your guides and ask to be shown what happens to your energy and the energy of others when you act without consent and get your message and kind of connect more with, the, with what I'm saying with your own guides and in your own way. All right? Okay, so if this podcast resonated with you and you think, oh no, I've I've been doing that or I've done that in the past and you want to make changes and maybe you want to make amends, then this is the journey for you. So I would like you to journey with your guides and ask to be taken, sorry, journey with your guides and ask to take part in a ceremony of restoration and forgiveness. Okay? And then when this journey is complete, the guides might ask you to do something in your life to integrate the healing experience. So they might give you a wee ceremony to do here. Um, They might ask you to, um, you know, write something down and bury it or something like that. And then once you've completed that thing that your guides have asked you to do, then you don't need to think about your past actions anymore you simply figure out how you're going to move forward with integrity, all right? So that's a really nice way to say, okay, well, you know, I I have done this in the past. I didn't mean to. I didn't realise how unhealthy it was. I didn't realise it was an issue. Um, There is a tendency then to, to feel really bad and guilty, but this is a really lovely way to just say, all right, I want to draw a line in the sand. I want to restore right action I want to forgive myself for not for doing whatever it was that you did that you're not comfortable with anymore and then you'll be able to kind of move on from that so it's a really nice way to really nice and easy way to just draw a line in the sand so you can do either or both of those journeys 
um, or neither if you're like nah I don't really want to do any of those journeys that's also fine but it just gives you um, kind of the option depending on how you're feeling about this topic about this podcast so I hope you've enjoyed this week's information it is a subject that I feel really strongly about and I'm really passionate about it um, and, and I really think that if we're going to be change makers, if we're going to be light bearers in this world, if we're really going to make a difference and make the change that many of us want to be a part of, then this is a really serious, really big responsibility to talk about and shout about, to have ethical boundaries, to have spiritual boundaries, to allow people to walk their own path without interference unless invited. Um, It's just really important. So, you, maybe you, you knew this already and it's been a good um, reminder. Maybe you had no idea. Maybe it's not even something you've thought about before. Whatever it is, I'd love to hear about what you think about this in the Facebook community group. As always, there will be a podcast post in the group. So do go and share what you think about this message, whether you agree or disagree and why. Um, if you disagree, we can agree. We can definitely um, have a discussion and, and maybe open up some points or maybe there's things that I haven't thought about that you'd like to ask and share. And we can definitely have a discussion and keep that ongoing and keep the dialogue open so we can reach as many people as possible with this positive message of ethical considerations with spiritual gifts. All right. So thanks very much for listening and I'll see you all same time, same place in a couple of weeks. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We love it. We love you. We love connecting with you on our podcast. We're really pushing our Facebook community right now. It is where all the juicy shamanic stuff happens. So if you'd like to join us in that community, you'll find us on Facebook and look for the Centre for Shamanism community group. And we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.